hello. Welcome to episode 68 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we'll be coming, to, well, we're coming to you, well, a day after the game. Um, I've totally, uh, I've, honestly, I just wasn't feeling like doing a post game uh, right away because I was a... Uh, Quite the angry Owen after this game, and uh, Fong unfortunately had to miss the game, so he's actually he actually just caught up on the game. So, uh, with me to kind of break down what we saw from the Hornets game on March fifteenth, uh, Fong. Oh, oh yes, it's it didn't seem good, wasn't it? And I mean, like here here's what I have the first thing in my summary: a great three and a half quarters from the Kings. Like, you know, uh, there were moments of just really like locked in defense, especially the start of the fourth. Like they locked in like De'Aaron was like turning up the intensity and like Rashawn was blocking shots. He actually had four blocks this game and, you know, rotations were like on point. Just things were going really well. Um, but then the final four minutes happened. And uh, this is the stat I'm going to just bring up. Uh, I believe this is a stat. I actually don't have it right in front of me. But uh, 18 and 6 run in the last four minutes. It basically started by Gordon Hayward and one dunk on De'Aaron Fox. Uh, yeah, I saw that dunk. Mm. Yes, it was unfortunate. But, you know, even more unfortunate that we had to lose this way. <laughs> Yeah, especially the leads that I was seeing uh, in the first few quarters. And then it went straight downhill, pretty much. Yeah, um, you know, it's... I mean, I don't really have, like, that many unique notes about this game. It's just, unfortunately, like, as Kings Twitter put it really, like, perfectly, like, same old Kings, same old shit. Just, you know, they have, they have, like, these good stretches of, like, great, you know... Uh, ball movement, player movement. They were scoring e like easy on this very, very much mediocre Hornets defense, and they built up a lead, and then it would just slowly dwindle, and like they wouldn't go for the kill right away. There'd be moments they would try and go for the kill, but it wouldn't be sustained, and they would just let the Hornets kind of take advantage of like you know their subpar of like you know them falling asleep or like you know them not being focused on the objective and they would just slowly whittle away at that lead remember what i said in the rockets game like the kings still presented opportunities for the rockets to get back into the game they just couldn't capitalize well the hornets are a decent team <laughs> not even that good they're, they're decent and they took advantage of those openings <sighs> well Hopefully we learn from this. You know, I w was hoping that they learned from this 10, 15 games ago. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Same old, same old kings, same old shit. It just, it just keeps happening. And I, I could have a theory of what happened, and we'll be getting into it. But like, yeah, this kind of stuff. I mean, it's getting old. Like it again, it's it was a great three and a half quarters, but they wilted down the stretch and just made bad decisions, had bad turnovers, took bad shots and like they weren't attacking the rim as much. And a lot of that is on on De'Aaron, unfortunately, even though I don't want to pin it on him because homie played 37 minutes this game. And, you know, as is the case usually with him on the court, he is our main prime primary option, our only shot creator. So it makes sense that he got a little tired and, you know. That's just how it is. 
Ah, man, another almost 40 minute game. You know, looking at the bot score, um, yeah, again, we played pretty much all our starters 40 minutes, you know, besides Bagley. What, what what do you think we should be doing here? You know, I mean, I noticed that we played Justin James and Jabari Parker, which we rarely see. They didn't play much, of course, but, you know, we've been always saying, well, why don't we try out, you know, our third unit? Yeah. And at this point, like, it doesn't hurt to try them out. Like, you know, just like it's not I don't I'm not one of those guys like that just wants to say I love Kyle Guy, but like. I'm I'm not one of those guys that say why don't we play Kyle Guy? Well, he's not really ready, and you know. But at the same time, how's he gonna? How else is he gonna get ready? He's got to play, you know. And at this point, I'm one of those guys that like just says, you know what, just play him because you know, uh, De'Aaron needs some rest. Like Buddy Heel needs some rest. Harrison needs some rest. Play Daquan Jeffries. Play. You know, cow guy, at least get some developmental minutes in there because you're running these guys into the ground and like it shows in the at the end of games. And it, this is just going to keep happening if this if this is what Luke Walton is going to, you know, tr- try and do every single game, because I'm just going to quickly read you De'Aaron's game log and uh, his minutes from uh, the past uh, 10 games. So. Starting with the Hornets game, 37, 40, 34, 39, 36, 41, 38, 39, 38, 34, all the way. And that's the Milwaukee game. So that is a stretch of game. That is a 10 game stretch where he plays at least 34 minutes every basically every game. And like the the, day, the games where he doesn't have as many minutes, they're in the 36, 38, 39 consistently. This is a lot of minutes for a guy who has to do so much on offense and sometimes even has to turn it up on defense. You're running him into the ground. <sighs> yeah, you know, someone needs to talk to Luke about this, but it's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, you know, that kind of reminds me. What happened to the... Sorry if I forgot his name. Um, the guy who we signed from the G League... Or is it D League? I forget. Uh, G League. Uh, Robert Woodard or Jemias? Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? No, the center. Center? Oh, Metu? Oh no, 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 Novel Pell. Yeah. Besides, you know what? He's not even on this log. Is <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess he disappeared into the void. I don't know yeah. what happened. It's again, what? Why? Why not just try something out? Like at this point, you know, just throw shit at the wall and just see what sticks because play right now playing the starters, except for Marvin, of course, he got injured. Um, We'll get into that. Like, you know, playing the starters almost 40 minutes for, you know, what is what feels like five, six straight games. It's not working. Yeah. Try some new Luke. Like it's and it's actually gotten me to the point where I'm I'm getting closer to the to the fire Luke bandwagon at this point. Yeah, me too. Because, because like the the thing the thing with him is that I've never said he was a good coach, but I don't think he's the root of the issues with the team. But a sign of a good coach is a coach that can get the most out of his role players. The stars will do what the stars do, and you know right now he's letting De'Aaron do what he does, and you know sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. 
But a good coach needs to be able to manage those minutes, save the players from themselves, because I'm I'm pretty sure De'Aaron has no problem with himself playing this many minutes. But he needs to he needs to be able to tell De'Aaron like you're gonna just play 34, 32, because we want I don't want to run you into the ground. And another sign of a good coach to be able to get something out of his role players, get get something out of his bench, his second unit, his third unit. If Luke can prove himself to be a decent coach, try and get something out of that third unit. Daquan Jeffries is not exactly a scrub. Justin James, I don't know what the hell he is. Kyle Guy is a smart basketball player, and Jemias Ramsey has potential. Try those guys out. Do something. Yeah, I totally 100% agree with you. And I have a question for you. When Robert Woodard comes back to us in the lineup, do you think is gonna put him in? I want him to put him in. I don't know. Like, and like as a stand now, probably not. Just because the way he's been playing the starters, I don't think that's gonna change. But like, if that doesn't change, like, yeah, I don't see Robert Woodard, but he should play Robert Woodard. Robert Woodard. That's that's a lot of. Anyways, like, you know, you might as well try something out because it's basically it feels like a lost season at this point. I know like we're not that far from the play in tournament, but like I don't even know if I want to play make the play in tournament, to be honest. So, yeah. again, it's a gap year. I, I get why Luke does this. He wants to win games, but this isn't working. Playing your best players, you know, this many minutes, you know, it makes sense to win games, but it's not winning you games. Try something else different. Well, We'll see about next game where we'll see another 40-minute bomb yeah, against the Wizards. I hope not. I hope not. I hope he's just – you know, run Kyle Guy out there. Like, you know, he can probably get buckets on this Wizards defense. <laughs> like, this Wizards defense is grade-A trash. So, you know, you know, just just throw something at the wall and see what sticks. Why don't Taquan Jeffries not playing all of a sudden? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the coach. Yeah, and in comparison, only one guy on the on the uh, Hornets actually played 36 minutes. That was Gordon Hayward. Like that's a sign of a good coach to get something, to be able to kind of go into your bench and get something out of them. Mm-hmm. And you know, Malik Monk came in and contributed. Devontae Graham came in and just got open threes because that's the Kings' defense. Um, another thing, well, well another big story out of this uh, Marvin did fracture his hand I don't remember the specific uh, injury but um, there hasn't been an, an, an announcement but the injury uh, judging from history uh, Bobby Jackson even talked about it it's about a six to eight week injury so chances are Marvin's probably going to be out until the end of like, towards towards the end of the season he, he might be back and yeah. and this one's actually on a shooting hand as well so yeah I know um, that that could be problematic, but like, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Like Marvin was showing, like I love, you know, I think he's been great on offense. You know, he doesn't for for the most part, he doesn't force anything, and like he's been just, you know, taking whatever he's given. On defense, he's still a tire fire, but like there's some strides that that way. But you know, long way to go. But he was making strides that way, and it just sucks as a guy that just is, you know, struck has his entire career at this point struggled to stay healthy. And this is another kind of random injury that, you know, it just happened. It's just another freak injury. Like there's nothing, there's nobody's fault. Like it just, it just happens. And unfortunately it's going to, you know, it's going to be another setback to him. 
Yeah, all we could do is, you know, hope for the best for him and, you know, get healthy and get, <laughs> yeah, just get healthy. And study hopefully... the tape, study the tape, Marvin. Say again? Just, just study tape of, like, just defensive coverages and all that. Just trying to, oh, like, yeah. grow your mind, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he'll still be traveling, watching games, hopefully gaining some knowledge of uh, other teams and maybe, you know, pick some stuff up. Um, you know, one silver lining, I guess, it, at least it's not a lower, lower body injury. Like, those are the very scary ones with big men. Like, you know, when he had that foot sprain, I was actually really worried that that was going to be a thing. But luckily it hasn't. So I guess that's one silver lining. Like, you know, you know, I imagine the hand will be able to recover pretty well. Like, you know, he's a he's a hard worker. I'm pretty sure he'll come back strong. Oh, for sure. Okay, well, that's it. That's all we have for the game. Um, You know, I just want to move a little quickly into trade talks. Uh, Trade deadline is in nine days Um, from now. We are recording this on the 16th. So uh, trade deadline is on the 25th. And let's just talk a little bit about trades. We did talk a little bit about trades last episode, but I want to kind of expand upon it because – uh, Sam Amick came out with a new uh, article, basically, well, detailing a lot of, like, trade candidates, but he did focus a little bit on the Kings as well. So here are my main takeaways from the article. Um, Bielita, very likely to be to be traded just because of kind of how he was very angry that he lost his starting spot and didn't play, like, for an entire month because he was angry. Um, and since he's been playing, like, you know, he's been good. He's been productive. So a lot of teams are calling about him and chances are he is almost guaranteed to be moved. Mm. Well, most likely he won't get a starting spot on a playoff team. I'm assuming. Hell no. You you can't even start on this team. (laughs) Of course he's not starting a a playoff team. I mean, at least he'll be happy in a way where he'll be in a winning team, I guess. And he has a skill set that's very useful to like a playoff to like you know a playoff contender. I think Lakers were calling about him, Warriors are calling about him. I think I heard Philly. I don't remember, but like, I mean, all those teams could use a you know a shooter, a passer, and you know a guy that's big uh, on defense. Like these teams can kind of cover for him as well. Mm-hmm. I I wonder who will we get for him. I don't think we'll get much from him. Don't expect much. Maybe we'll get a second rounder, but don't expect like a first rounder or like, you know, a good player back. That That's setting your, setting your sights a little too high because, you know, he's an expiring. He's probably not really going to move the needle for really any team. He's just kind of like a luxury that a lot of teams are going to be aiming to get. I see. Um, another big detail from the, uh, from the article was Harrison Barnes's price is very, very high. Monty McNair has basically, well, not him coming out and saying this, but reports for, that Sam A. make kind of gathered basically said, you know, th- like a lot of teams want Barnes on their team. You know, he's a vet, he's a veteran. He's a six, eight wing who can score. And, you know, like at, from, from this season, like can pass as well, like pretty well, like he's basically your Swiss army knife. Every team could use a guy like Harrison Barnes. And that's not that's not the issue. The issue right now is that Monty McNair wants a really big package for him. And like the desire to move him might not be that high. I think I think even in the article specifically, like they like they're 
looking at a young player, a draft pick. Actually, no, they're looking at multiple players and a draft pick for him. Like they, they even detailed the if the Celtics were to think of just, uh, you know, having a a young player and a draft pick, like that's not going to be enough. Hmm. Ooh, that'd be interesting, huh? What, what are your so like? What are your thoughts? Let's just say, for example, like you know, uh, we get a late first and say Romeo Langford from the Celtics. Would you take that? Ooh. I, in my opinion, yeah, I'd take it. I mean, I wouldn't mind keeping Harrison uh, around for a little bit, but. If that kind of trade happens, I I would take it. Yeah, see, I'm actually kind of on the keep them if that's the package oh, we're gonna get. Really? Actually, like, so, oh, sorry. I think two players, two players. Okay. And a and a pick probably would do it for me. Okay. I'm not I'm not taking. I'm I'm looking at Aaron Neesmith. Honestly, if you're if you want Barnes, you're you're including the Aaron Neesmith in that package. Hmm. So it's that that's that's kind of my price for him at least. That's the start. Aaron Neesmith and a pick. To be honest, it sounds even better. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. That's kind of what I'm looking at. I, I, it's a bit ambitious for Barnes to be honest because I honestly don't think the Celtics will trade for him just because it's not Danny Ages. It's not Danny Ages style. Like he is known for not really making any big deals, unfortunately, for better or for worse. So, it but like that's what that would be my asking price because he provides so much for this team and he's a use he's a very useful piece. Keep on this team. Mm-hmm. Like and and also you're not exactly winning with him right now anyway. So even if you keep him, it, it's not exactly like you know stopping the tank really. So. You know, not not that I not that I'm uh, you know advocating for us to tank, but at this point it doesn't really matter if we keep them. I see. Yeah, I mean to be honest, at this point either way, I wouldn't mind keeping him, like you said. But if we get a good trade out of it, that's I mean it's also a plus for us because we're trying to build around a young team and hopefully you know build up to where we predict in the future, which is. I'm hoping playoffs someday. Okay, okay. Here's just another wild idea. I I'm pretty sure this will never happen. But like Denver, let's just say we're trading with Denver. Okay. And Michael Porter Jr. is involved. Did you do it? With a pick and another player, maybe. Probably not. I doubt they will be willing to give up a pick because they weren't really to give up Michael Porter Jr. for Drew Holiday. So, I think this is going to be Michael Porter Jr. Just one for one trade, really? Uh, I don't think that'll work like schematically. It'll probably be like, you know, they'll probably have to include another player in there just to match the contracts. Like let's just let, let's just say that's the that's the core of the trade. It's Harrison Barnes from Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Would you do it? Not really. I mean, sure, Michael Porter Jr. is like this great offensive like piece for our team, but I mean, we're la- still lacking that one thing, and that's defense. You you bring up a good point. I just don't know. Like oh, that's intriguing. I, I don't know. I'm not in any position. I'm I'm with Jason Jones on this. This team needs talent. 
and that is a nasty talent right there. Mm-hmm. I see yeah, but you yeah, but you bring up a good point. Like that is a horrific defensive. Like that's you're making a bad defense even worse. So, but you know, like you know, sometimes the best defense is just scoring and making the other team take the ball out of the net. So, you know. Who knows? Like maybe we turn into a great team. I actually wouldn't do that trade either. So I don't know. I just had a wild idea about yeah, that. If if Denver included another piece or you know maybe a pick, maybe. But well, the other the other thing was I want Gary Harris from from uh Ooh. from Denver. But like, why would they trade Gary Harris? Oh, that's a big piece for Denver. Yeah, like th- again, that he's why would they trade away? their best perimeter defender for chances are not someone who's not that good on defense from the Kings. Like, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I would love Gary Harris on this team. Like there were, there are these packages that Kings fans were throwing out, but I'm just sitting there saying, first of all, other teams can offer better packages than this. And second of all, why the hell would Denver ever do this? (laughs) It's kind of the, it's kind of the issue that I keep running into with Trey packages is that, other teams can offer something better, like say the Warriors. Like, oh, they can offer, you know, I know not people aren't that high on Andrew Wiggins. They can offer Kelly Oubre. Hell, they they want to get ambitious. They can offer James Wiseman. Like, it's it, other teams have better packages, and it's just I, the Kings are in a tough spot if they want to make that kind of trade. I see. Well, hopefully Monty finds that right team with the right trades and you know hopefully we get something good out of it because we're not going anywhere okay and the last guy we're going to talk about of course is buddy healed we're not going to talk too much about Corey joseph i think he's just going to get lumped in with another trade um buddy healed now sam maybe did um detail that uh, Buddy Heald's trade market is very limited because of his contract. His contract number is simply too high for a lot of teams to want to trade for it. He actually even detailed in the yeah, – well, he talked about in the article that he wrote is that Buddy has a higher chance of staying on the team than Harrison Barnes. So, oh. like, don't expect him to get moved is kind of the what I took away from it. But um, that doesn't stop Kings fans from trying to move him. And uh, for those of you that listened to um, Locked on Kings by Matt George, he had an episode where he negotiated a trade with the Locked on Cavs host. His name escapes me. I'm sorry. But like they basically came up with a trade. Uh, Basically, we will be sending out Buddy Heald and Corey Joseph for (laughs) for Andre Drummond. Uh, Jetty, Jetty Osman and uh, Torian Prince. There was a version of it that does not include Jetty Osman. I would want Jetty Osman in, in that trade. So, And this works in, in the NBA trade machine. Uh, also included in this trade package is that the Kings are sending out, I think, their Chicago second rounder. And um, what's this? Cleveland will be sending us a first round pick that is protected heavily protected uh you know and basically it's just gonna end up being two second rounders probably so think think of it that way like two we get two second rounders back and we send out a one second rounder of our own from chicago would you do that trade it's a very intriguing trade 
Ooh. That's a lot of good assets. Uh, besides Drummond, of course. The but... funniest thing I heard from that entire episode is that Andre <laughs> Matt George said Andre Drummond's the salary filler of this trade. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. It's like that's how he's valued. I mean, that's pretty much how we value Buddy, right? In a way. In a way, yeah, but like Buddy is a useful like player that you can talk yourself into a winning player more easily than you can you can Andre Drummond. Mm. I mean, Drummond was traded for a second round pick yet last year. That's how depressing yeah, it is. That's right. <laughs> oh man. But you know, I would really like to do that trade as long as we don't keep Drummond. And I, we we talked about this before, and yeah, <laughs> we do not want Drummond, but the rest of the assets could be really great pieces for us. Yeah, I like Jetty Osman. I'm not a fan of Torian Prince, but like, oh, really? you know, he's he's a kind of a wing, kind of. I think he's like six five. He's not that tall, and as far as I know, doesn't play defense, and his offense is you know hit or miss. Um. You know, like Jetty Osmond is an interesting one. That's why I really want him in this trade. Uh, there are versions of like this where Jetty Osmond's not involved. I'm not interested in that package if he's not involved. So, like, I want Jetty. I want Jetty. And yeah, but uh, the other two, I'm very just yeah. Andre Drummond. I'm. I don't know if I ever talked about Andre Drummond. Pretty much a a very he's Hassan Whiteside, but with a little bit more mobility, basically. So. But that's a big difference, but he's not a guy I'm, I'm interested in. And if we, yes, I'm I'm with you on that. Like, I do not want to sign him. I do not want to re-sign him. Yeah, I mean, if we do, it better be low. And if we also do, we better get rid of at least Hassan or uh, Drummond. Hassan is most likely gone. Um, from well, there's not no real reports, but uh, Lakers are really monitoring him apparently because they want Drummond too. Which is yeah, that's interesting. Well, they want him. They they want him on the buyout market in case Drummond does get bought out. So yeah. Ooh, that's gonna be a big buyout for a player like him. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Blake Griffin got bought out somehow. Like yeah. that's I mean that was. Pretty fucking incredible. I didn't, I had no idea that I, the contract. He had like three years left on his contract or something. Like, yeah, Jesus. It's, it's ridiculous. Got I forgot, sixty million. Yeah, he, yeah, of like, so probably two more years left then. Um, but like, yeah, the fact that that somehow got bought out was amazing to me. Uh, oof. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, I I would like to do this trade. I I'm pretty done with Buddy, especially after the Charlotte game. Like, you know, down three, I think with a minute to go, he shoots a fadeaway turnaround contested three, like he's you know Michael Jordan in his prime you know, or something. Like, why? Why shoot that shot? And I just don't think the it's not uh, that. That kind of decision making and basketball IQ, I just don't think is ever going to improve with Sacramento. It's just not, and I'm ready to ship him out. Like he is a useful player with that shooting ability, but he's going to be in, need a change of scenery and like a certain kind of destination. 
and probably another coaching staff that can finally get through to him and actually like have him understand like his limitations and you know his and somehow get through to him about his decision making like it's not i just don't think it's going to be here in sacramento and i'm ready to ship him out yeah sadly that's the case but yeah you know wish him luck if that ever happens and hopefully he somehow improves from whatever he has done so far this season yeah, and yeah, here's the hoping maybe some something else happens like in between this recording and you know, it, I assume it's there's gonna be something happening within the trade deadline and we shall you know see what it is. Yeah, still nine days like you said. It's gonna be an interesting nine days because I don't think I don't think I've heard too many big major trades so far, right? No. Um. Yeah, we're basically. I mean, like, let's be honest, like all the deals happen literally at, at the deadline, <laughs> Leo, b- before it turns 12 o'clock Eastern time. <laughs> well, hopefully they get it in quick. Okay. Now on to the wizards game, uh, to, you know, bring you behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, we are recording this uh, the, on the next day when the wizards game happens. So, yeah, let's uh, talk about it. The game just ended about half an hour ago, and uh, it was not a pretty game. <laughs> yes, uh, it's probably what I got to say. I think it's one of the worst fourth quarters I've seen in a long time. Even though we won, it just didn't feel like that win. <laughs> Let's yeah, let's just get the ugly stuff out or the bad stuff out the way. That was probably one of the ugliest wins I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the game itself was pretty good overall, but it's the same story. A great three and a half quarters, and in that in that last half of the quarter uh, in the fourth, like the Kings' offense just came to a halt. There was no movement. It was basically De'Aaron Fox dribbling for 10 seconds and then getting a screen, not getting open, and it leading to kind of ping-pong the pass, the ball around, and then, you know, launch a jump shot. There were some open looks, but we were not hitting shots. There was a... So I think the stat I have here is that there was six-plus minutes without a field goal that was finally broken with a Fox and one. We had only... I think what was it two or three shots that entire like stretch like in the last nine minutes. Yeah, that's that's not good. It's kind of reminiscent of a few seasons ago where we always fall in the second half or we always fall in the fourth quarter. Now we now we you know we we gotta fix that because uh, I kind of want to build this kind of win streak if we could or you know. But, yeah, we play well up to the fourth quarter. Yeah, we we just got to capitalize more. I don't know what to say. Yeah, well, you know, you know who what other team doesn't know how to capitalize? The Wizards. Oh, as as I just mentioned, we had no field goals for nine minutes and 30 seconds. What was the uh, stat that I wrote down? And somehow the Wizards really weren't able to take advantage. They could not buy a bucket. They had multiple open threes down the stretch, and they just missed them. 
just missed. Like, there was just nothing that the Kings did that affected their shot. And then there were just, like, little bunnies that from, like, mid-range floaters. They just, nothing was going down for them. And, yeah, uh, the game did get close. Uh, Russ did score six straight points, I think, in the last minute and a half or, like, minute, where he just got three layups, just easy layups. And, basically, the game was tied. And De'Aaron gets the basically gets the ball. Is asking for basically whoever's guarding Denny Advia or who the person that uh, Denny Advia is guarding to come screen for him. Uh, Wizards do a scram switch of sorts where basically they have like Bradley Beal switch on to Belly who Den- Denny was guarding, and Denny goes to Buddy, and there's this like kind of like this you know let's just say a conversation between uh, Belly and. Uh, buddy on who to screen fox because it's been it's been belly for like multiple possessions and for you know basically belly is telling a buddy to go screen for fox so that they can get denny advia on them and buddy just doesn't really like compute that and doesn't really go screen for him fox attacks anyway bradley beal switches on to him and he just takes a dribble pull up uh, mid-range tough shot and it goes in yeah, we we got lucky there. Like I was saying that I didn't want to go overtime because if we're gonna play like this, it, uh, within the fourth quarter today, um, yeah, there's no way we're gonna <laughs> win it in the OT. I think what you're trying to say is that we didn't deserve to win this game. <laughs> we really didn't. <laughs> pretty pretty much. Like we played bad in the fourth, but. Overall, Wizards really didn't play well in the first three quarters, I'd say. I mean, like, yeah, for the most for the most part, we were pretty neck and neck with them up until like the third quarter where we got a 10 point lead and we took that lead into the fourth. But again, that really bad drought that we had led them right back in the game. And in another game against a decent team, the Wizards are not even a decent team. I, I cannot believe how bad they are with Bradley Beal. Like, they're not even, they just couldn't take advantage. Like, the Kings' problems, they're still present. Like, and, you know, in the uh, Hornets game, that is a decent team. That uh, that team took advantage of the openings that we left open for them. And, you know, we got lucky this game because, again, they just couldn't cash in on some of these openings that the Kings just cannot help themselves but, get them, but give the other team. So, yeah, we kind of caught a lucky break, didn't deserve to win the game. But hey, you know, to, on to the positives. A win's a win. And I'll always oh. take a win over a bad loss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The other positive of this game, Justin James played. Um, and he was good. I really, this is the thing, like, that I guess when a lot of people say, like, to, for Luke to, you know, play the bench, these guys play with energy. Because they've been sitting on the bench for so long, they just have all this pent-up energy. And a lot of times can will go out there and just give the Kings life. And, you know, not that the Kings were out of, like, just gassed or anything, but, like, the, he brought a different kind of energy. And he was making defensive plays out there. He was getting steals. He was, you know, rotating from the weak side to contest. And, like, he was kind of finishing, kind of kind of finishing on the other end. You know, just a ball of energy, a pretty smart player. And, yeah, shows me that he's got something there. 
Yeah, he had some nice assists, I gotta say. I, I remember you missed that nice bounce pass uh, to Harrison Barnes into the paint and with the nice, easy layup. Yeah, so, like, I, I want to see more of this. Like, you know, I don't know why Daquan Jeffries isn't playing, but, like, I like, want to see more Daquan. I want to see more Kyle Guy, you know, the, the Kings' favorite player that never gets to play. Like, these guys... Like they're not ex- they're not great they're not good players Let, let's be honest they're not like game changers by any means but like they're they're you know s- pretty smart you know young players who need experience and you never know what you're gonna get with them and like I just I want to roll that dice and just see like you know if these guys like can contribute you know just provide you know try and fill in some holes that the roster clearly has right now. Oh yeah. Uh, I also noticed um, on NBA.com, uh, Robert Woodard's in this, um, what you might call it, stat sheet. I wonder, is he is he uh, able to play? I have not heard anything, but it, that usually doesn't mean anything. Even in ESPN, it says DMP coach's decision, so maybe he is cleared to play. I don't know. I mean, I would like to see Robert Woodard. I've heard good things about him. I want to see if this this is a real thing. Oh, yeah. I would be pretty excited to see that. And, uh, you know, speaking about game-changing players, uh, Hassan Whiteside's back. Yeah, he did change the game. He kind of changed the game. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, for all his faults, he is a big body, and he can get blocks. He had a mean block on, I think it was Davis Bertans. But fuck me, like, watching him is just painful. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) you know he just stands there he had i think two or three illegal screens this game maybe a a little bit of rust i'll give him that but like he comes back like he's not really going after rebounds if the rebound doesn't go right to him he is not moving towards it and yeah there was a there was a bit of a like well you got a a 10 point lead in the third quarter and that lead slowly started to dwindle. It did go back up, but like it, it started to kind of change when Hassan checked in, and he just could not <laughs> help himself but fuck up. And yeah, it's uh, I mean like yeah, it's it's good to you know have him back just so that we have another player to play, so that you know the starters don't play 40 minutes a game. But boy, it was it was an ugly stretch to watch him play. Oh yeah. Especially that third quarter, uh, when he had that foul, like literally, it felt like three fouls within two or three minutes, which is just ridiculous. I, I, I'd say you know it, it kind of <laughs> sparked you know the Wizards' run towards the fourth uh, in a bit, but you know we had to because Rashawn was also having foul trouble, but. And actually fouled out, too. So Yeah, so luckily we had Rashawn for most of the fourth quarter, but yeah, Hassan was not was not pretty today, so we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, um this is one you know, basically one of our new segments. Minutes watched uh, with <laughs> with Sack King's therapy. <laughs> uh only thirty six minutes for Harrison Barnes, twenty seven minutes only for Rashawn Holmes because he was in foul trouble so much. De'Aaron played thirty six. Tyrese Halliburton, we got forgot to mention this. He started this game and was good. I really liked uh what he did this game. Uh with thirty three minutes and Buddy Heal surprisingly only thirty one minutes. Like you know, this is more manageable. And Justin James played 19 minutes. That's that I like. Again, all 19 minutes I thought were really good from Justin James. Yeah, I like the 
minutes distribution this time around. And I hope, you know, in the future, Luke continues to distribute minutes evenly, depending on who we play with. Um, of course, like we said before, you know, distribute a few more to, you know, maybe Kyle Guy. Uh, not sure what happened with the Quan and hopefully, you know, a little to Jeremias and Robert when uh, they're around. Yeah, so... You know, I'm not I'm not saying the season is lost, but at this point, throw some shit at the wall. And this in this game, it was Justin James and it's stuck. So, yeah. So hopefully this is kind of the trend going forward. Play that bench, like see what you got. Don't run the starters into the ground and work on the late game execution. This happens way too goddamn consistently. Every fourth quarter, I have to clinch my fists, have to just like curl up and just hope for the worst or you know, hope that the Kings don't collapse. And in this game, they did not because the Wizards are shit. I didn't, I did not realize the extent of how shit they were, but they are very shit. Yeah, I, I gotta say we got a little lucky. Oh, I think pr- pretty lucky this game. Yeah. Um. I, oh, by the way, I looked it up. I thought the, I thought the Wizards were a much better offense. They're actually 22nd in the league, which actually surprised me. Um. Huh. I thought they were a high-powered offense, but not really, apparently. Is it led by Bradley Beal? It is. It's pretty much propped up by Bradley Beal. If, if Bradley Beal was not on this team, they'd probably be 30th. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, overall, uh, you know, good game from Fox. Um, decent game from Harrison. Um, ha- again, Halliburton had a good game. Not a great shooting game, but did hit three of six threes. But he kind of just... Did buddy things. Not a great game for him. Four for 13, three for nine from three. But, you know, again, Justin James had a good game. Corey Joseph had a solid game. Hassan Whiteside was frustrating, but effective in stretches. And Bielitsa, uh, 0 for 5 from the field and 0 for 4 from three. Was not good this game. And, you know, on defense, he's barbecue chicken. So, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, again, overall, um, it's. You know, a win. I, I'll never too, complain too much about a win, but it was it was not fun watching this game. No, it was not. And you know, luckily, we I hope we don't see this ever again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so ne- we'll be coming back to you guys uh, on Friday uh, after the Boston game. Or actually, I think yeah, you're gonna be on vacation actually. So I'll be coming <laughs> to you. Uh, I'll be coming to you after the Boston game. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, ooh, I just see we're actually playing a back-to-back. And you want to take a guess on who the back-to-back teams are? I'm pretty sure I saw this. You mentioned, of course, Boston on Friday. And was it someone someone in the east? Is it is it Toronto or Philly? It's Philly. Oh, it's Philly. Ooh, that's, that's the that's... gauntlet. We're gonna run up against the gauntlet on this one. Oh, maybe there's more time for the third unit. Uh, we shall see. I mean, I mean, Philadelphia is without Joel Embiid, so like we can probably handle them. Like we have a we it's not a hopeless situation, but that's a tough team and it's not gonna be easy. Mm. No it won't it will not. So yeah, let's hope for the best. Still play our best, you know. <laughs> Just hopefully this stays consistent with the minutes and you know, yeah, play better in the fourth. 
Yeah. Um, as as I, I said that I was going to come to you after the Boston game on Friday, I lied. I'm going to come to you uh, after Saturday because, again, back-to-back, might as well kind of lump those two games together. Unless something crazy happens <laughs> in, in Boston. We shall see. Ooh. We shall see. Before, oh, before we actually go, uh, we do want to mention and give our condolences or our blessings to uh, Sean Bradley, who was involved in a really bad uh, car accident. A car hit him, and now he's paralyzed. Um, yeah, uh, it's really it's really sad, and fuck, I don't even know what to say about it. Like, I guess, yeah, that's that sucks. I... Yeah, there's no words that could, like, I can't fathom thinking, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just terrible what happened. I think I read it was happened in Utah, and he was, I believe, riding his bike, and, you know, he just yeah, got... Yeah, riding his bike, yes. And just got rear-ended. That's, uh, man, that's terrible. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, again, just... Be careful when you're out there, and just uh, yeah, be, be careful. Also, be extra careful when you're driving. Yes, yes, please, especially during these times. Um, and one last thing, I just want to mention: a uh, PJ Tucker was uh traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, for DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson, and I believe an unprotected uh pick from the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh. Uh, that's pretty good, I, I'd say, for Milwaukee. I mean, they get a pretty nice. I guess you could consider him a center. <laughs> well, he's gonna play be playing the four and the five. And does this change your opinion on the Bucks at all? Like in terms of if they can beat Philly or uh, what's the other team? Uh, Brooklyn. Mm, I mean. He'll provide some more support and defense and maybe a few frees, maybe two frees, hopefully a game. But other I, than that, I don't think it changes much, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to go down to, like, yeah, not not really. But, you know, I mean, they still have high chances. They still got Giannis and hopefully, you know, everyone's healthy for the playoffs. And, yeah, well, we shall see. I'm still thinking, in my opinion, I'm still thinking uh, Brooklyn's going to take the East. That's what I thought, too. Um, I mean, nothing has really changed enough to make me think that Brooklyn is not going to completely destroy the East and probably even beat the Lakers. Like, And this is all without KD, by the way. Like, They're destroying the league without KD right now. And I don't, and I can't even imagine the damage or the monster that is that team when KD comes back. But we shall see what happens when that happens. And you know, yeah, um, this doesn't really move the needle much for me. But it is another thick boy that they can add to guard Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, it'll still be pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well. So, yeah, this is it for us uh, for this episode. I'll be coming back to you live after Saturday. All right. Well, I'll see you guys a lot later, and we'll see you guys later.